0: Or you can find us at our website, madorachurch.com. It is our prayer that today's message inspires you, encourages you, and that the kingdom of God is advanced in your life. Let's get right to the word of the Lord today. Let's get our Bibles today. We're going to go to the book of Luke chapter 10. The book of Luke chapter 10. Got one service today. I'll try not to give you two messages in one. Uh, Be mindful of the time. Be mindful of the day. But this is Memorial Day weekend. And a lot of times we just think of things as our day off, our holiday, and things like that. But the reason you and I can stand here in freedom today and praise the Lord is because somebody gave their life gave their life for our freedom and you, you and I may not agree with all that has happened in our history and our nation has made mistakes slavery was a huge mistake but do you realize slavery is in ever, has been a part of every nation but the United States is the only nation that went to war to stop it I, I, I think that we ought to stop and thank God for our freedom and I think we ought to pray that the enemy that is trying to, to destroy freedom is, is stopped. Amen. Uh, we want the Lord to be with us today. And um, I, I do have a lot to say, and I want to try to be very careful with what I say today. But uh, how many know that the, we're, we're, we got some memorial to think about those that have fought battles for us spiritually, that paid the price for us spiritually. So you and I can praise the Lord, amen, particularly here at MPC for 108 years, my, my, amen, praise God, hallelujah, so God, glad for God's blessings today. The book of Luke chapter 10 verse 19, the book of Luke chapter 10 verse 19, you, if you've been around church for any length of time, you've heard this verse of scripture read, Behold, Jesus said, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you notwithstanding. Now now for those that think that this verse is about handling snakes and scorpions, they need to read the next verse. (laughs) Notwithstanding in this, rejoice not that the spirits, scorpions and serpents here are spirits, Subject to you, but rather rejoice because your name are written in heaven. Amen. I want to talk to you today about something that's standing between you and your promise. Between you and your promise. Heavenly Father, I praise you, Lord, today for your blessings. I'm asking God that you would help. Lord, let me let me serve this gift, God, in a way that pleases you. That encourages the hearer. That strengthens the heart. Lord, today let us see victory. Like never before, help us to see our promise like never before. We're going to give you the praise and the glory for it all in Jesus' mighty name. God bless you. You can be seated. God is good all the time. God is faithful all the time. I realize we sing it, it's a good song. He's never failed me yet. No, he, he, he never will. He never will. He is faithful. I want to tell you that God has your best interest in mind. He has my best interest in mind. We think he stifles us. We think that he tells us what we can and cannot do. But he has our best interest at his heart. And he gives to us promises that help us see his blessing that is wrapped up in that promise that he'll provide for our every need. Paul wrote to the Corinthians and he said, For the Son of God, 1 Corinthians 1.19, For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who is preached among you by us, even by me and Silvanus and Timotheus, was not yea and nay, but in him was yea. What is he saying? The word of God is not a, mm, a proposition of yea and nay, yes and no. The proposition, uh, the, the, the gospel and the cause of Christ It's not some kind of vacillating vision. Jesus came on a mission. He came on a purpose. And the gospel of kingdom is not some experiment that they're going to throw out there and roll the dice and see how it works. No, the plan and promises of God are yea, are yes, and amen. The promises of God are universal and unchanging. Praise God. Promise is the emphatic nature of God. He has a destiny and a promise for you and for me today. Amen. He is the God that is and was and is to come. He's not a shaky foundation. He is a sure foundation. The Bible calls him the faithful And true. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Say it with me, the same. Today and forever. His holiness is not rationalized by humanistic hypothesis that says, I think I know the way. No, he stands alone by himself. The gospel is not a guessing game. The promises of God are clear and sure. It's not that we have promises that are based upon assumptions and speculations and surmisings. Amen. The Bible said that the counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plan of the Lord stands forever. It is yea and amen. God is not indecisive. He's not fickle. He's not worried about what is happening in the world right now. He's not concerned by the vote that's going on in the Supreme Court. It doesn't bother him about the laws or the the issues of the day as far as surprising him. Hallelujah. His character is not subject to the news trends of the day. Hallelujah, the Bible says that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. God knows what He's doing. In your life and mine. God knows what he is doing in America and abroad. God knows what he is doing. And he also knows that he's promised some things to his people. Hallelujah. Paul wrote again and he said the promises of God are in him. Yea and in him. Amen. Amen. All the promises of God are yes and amen. Somebody say yes and amen. Amen. God keeps his promise. The Old Testament gives for us a story of a nation, of a people that provide for us spiritual understanding. Even the law is said to be our schoolmaster that leads us to Christ. We find that Paul said that the things that were written beforehand were for our learning and admonition. There are spiritual principles that are wrapped up in the Old Testament. Israel history paints for us a picture about how God provides a promise for those he calls his people. God made a promise to Abraham that would take generations for it to be fulfilled. But nonetheless, it was fulfilled. Genesis 12 and verse 1, The Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house. Unto a land that I swear unto thee. And I will make of thee a great nation. I will bless thee and make thy name great. And thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse them. That curseth thee. And and in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. That didn't happen but hundreds of years later on. Through the course of time. We find that God had promised to Abraham a Promised land. He had given to him a land that said this is going to be yours. He didn't tell him how long it was going to be, but it said this is going to be yours. Can I tell you, God's got a promise sometimes that that we want it now and we don't understand why it waits. But sometimes the reason we can't get to our promise is that something stands between us and the promise. Something stands between us and the promise. Israel was to go to a land, the Bible said, flowing with milk and honey. Amen. Here's what we need to know is that God had promised them the land. He had said it was theirs. He said it's going to be yours, but there's something in the way. Look at Numbers chapter 33. Numbers 33 and 51. Speaking of the children of Israel and say to them, When you are passed over Jordan into the land of Canaan, here's what he said you're to do. You shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you, destroy all their pictures, destroy all their molten images, quite pluck down all their high places... And ye shall dispossess the inhabitants of the land and dwell therein. For I have given you the land to possess it. And you shall divide the land. You're going to divide your, your promise. You're going to divide the inheritance among your families. And, and, and to the more you shall give more Inheritance, and to the fewer you shall give the less inheritance. Every man's inheritance shall be in the place where his lot falleth according to the tribes of your fathers. Then he says, but... But if ye will not drive out the inhabitants of the land before you, then it shall come to pass that those which ye let remain shall be pricks in your eyes, thorns in your side, and vex you in the land wherein you dwell. Moreover, shall, uh, moreover it shall come to pass that I shall do unto you as I thought to do unto them. Wow. Wow. The promise is yours Israel but listen you better you better realize there's going to be a struggle before you get to your promise the promise is yours but you're going to face giants before you get to your promise. The promise is yours but you have to go in and possess it. I'm not just going to serve it up to you on a silver platter. The promised land is yours but you're going to have to drive out some things and take up lodging and set roots down. The land is yours but there's some things that you're going to have to destroy. There are some things that you're going to have to take care of before you get to your promise. There's going to be some things that stand between between you and your promise. The Lord said, drive out the inhabitants of the land. That means to exterminate, not merely uh, uh, to cast out uh, or have them uh, kicked out of their home. But get rid of them. Get rid of them. Amen. The expression here is not advocating genocide. But rather it is Middle East hyperbole that paints a a picture of uh, you've got to conquer this thing. You've got to overcome it. You can't let it live in its roots system. If you want the promise, you have to overcome it. You have to face it. The Lord said, He said unto Israel, uh, Moses rather was speaking, he says, I want you to smite them, utterly destroy them, and and to make no covenant with them. Don't, Don't have mercy on them. Amen. Get them out. He said, destroy their pictures and molten images. Pictures were idols carved out of stone or wood of their own making and by their own hands. They made idols out of stones and wood. And the Lord said, destroy it. Then he told them, said, the molten images are that which they have molded. Amen. This represents something regardless of the material, whatever it may be, that has been shaped to a particular mold. That was that they made gods to fit their mold. They made idols to fit their mindset. He said... He said, listen, you need to get that out, destroy it, drive it out, and destroy their pictures and destroy their molten images. Amen. Paul wrote like this. He said, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What is he saying? Don't fit into their mold. Destroy their mold. Destroy their mold of thinking. Destroy the attitude towards which they look at God. Destroy it. Get rid of it. It's not just enough that you drive the inhabitants out. You need to get rid of their idols. Somebody say amen. Amen. Then he said pluck down the high places. That word there, plucked down, means to exterminate. Amen. Exterminate the high places of idol worship that involved perverted sexual practices. He said, listen, you need to to get rid of their idols and those worship places that they have, that they carry on in such abominable way. I want you to destroy it. I want you to get rid of it. I want you to destroy it. Pluck it down. And then you need to dispossess the land. You need to get them out. Amen. I want to tell you today that many of us want the promise of God. But we want it without opposition. We want the blessing of God. But we want it without any kind of struggle. We want the the victory of God without any kind of battle. But standing between you and your promise is an opposition, is a giant, is a struggle, is an idol, is an enemy that wants to keep you from your promise. The Lord said, I've given you the land, and you're going to dispossess it so you can possess it. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 7. I want to read from that concerning the land. Deuteronomy chapter 7 and verse 2. And when the Lord thy God shall deliver them from before thee, thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make, listen, no covenant with them, nor show any mercy unto them. What? That sounds harsh. Anybody think that sounds harsh? I do. Don't show them any mercy. Don't give them any mercy. Neither shalt thou make marriages with them. Thy daughter thou shalt not give unto his son. Nor thy daughter shalt thou take unto thy son. For they will turn away thy son from following me. That they may serve other gods so will the anger of the Lord be kindled against you and destroy thee suddenly. But thus shall ye deal with them. Here's how you handle your opposition. That's standing in the way before you. He said, here's what you're to do. You are going to go and you're going to uh, you're going to destroy their altars. You're going to break down their images. You're going to cut down their groves. And you're going to burn their graven images with fire. He's not just saying you got to get the people out. But you've got to get their idols out. You've got to deal with what they're worshiping. You've got to destroy that. Make sure you don't bring that into your house. Make sure you don't set up shop with a Canaanite mentality. Make sure that you don't bring what they have into your life, it'll destroy you. The Lord said in verse 6, For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God shall hath chosen thee to be a special people, a holy people if you please, unto himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. The Lord did not set his love upon you nor choose you because you were more in number than any people you're not picked because you have the majority for ye were the fewest of all people but because the lord loved you and because he hath kept the oath which he swore unto your fathers hath the lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of the bondman from the land uh, from the hand of pharaoh king of egypt know therefore the lord thy god he He. is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenants and mercy with them that love Him and keep His commandments to a thousand generations. The promise is there, brothers and sisters. The victory is there, brothers and sisters. Your blessing is there, but standing between you and your blessing is some struggle. Standing between you and your promise. And He said, you need to drive them out. You need to take care of their idols. Look at the narrative that Moses continues in Deuteronomy chapter 9 and verse 1. Hear, O Israel, thou art to pass over Jordan this day to go in to possess nations greater and mightier than thyself, cities great and fenced up to heaven, a people great and tall, the children of the Anakims, Whom thou knowest and of whom thou hast heard. Say, who can stand before the children of Anak? Amen. Understand therefore this day that the Lord thy God is he which goeth before thee. Mm, Somebody ought to shout victory. As a consuming fire he shall destroy them. He shall bring them down before thy face. And so shalt thou drive them out and destroy them Quickly, as the Lord hath said, Speak not thou in thy heart, after the Lord thy God hath cast them out from before thee, saying, For my righteousness the Lord hath brought me in, uh, in to possess the land, but for the wickedness of these nations the Lord doth drive them out before you. Mama, my, my. why did the Lord? drive out the Canaanites let me just tell you the battle was not Israel versus the Canaanites the battle was not Israel against the Perzites and the Hevites and the other Zites and all the other ites out there the battle was not against the inhabitants of the land between Israel Israel was merely God's instrument to take care of his justice toward these people. These people had gone to the place where they, uh, uh, the, the Bible speaks about that uh, that you're not going to possess the land to Abraham in Genesis 15. You're not going to have the land until the iniquity of the Amorites or the Canaanites is full. God held back Israel from the promised land until there was a point where the Lord said, Judge. Judgment is now upon you, Canaan. Judgment is upon you because of your practice. Israel was to be God's instrument of divine justice. Leviticus 18 and 25. And the land is defiled. Therefore I do visit the iniquity thereof upon it and the land itself vomiteth out her inhabitants that they're, they're just wicked and vile and this land is trouble this land is sh- is is tur- in turmoil the land is in, ha- have you felt like have you felt like we're living in the day where the land is in turmoil where the world is almost sh- just just having a stomach ache and, and the belly is rumbling. And, the, and Paul put it like this. He said that there is groaning. The whole creation groans and travails waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. The land is saying this wickedness that we're living in today. This wickedness is making the land very much quivering and, and quaking. It's the hour we're living in. Somebody say amen. amen. Leviticus 20. And 22, ye shall therefore keep all my statutes and my judgments and do them that the land whither I bring you to dwell therein spew you out, lest it spew you, out, spew you not out rather. And notice he said, you shall not walk in the manner of the nations, that word nation there is people and races, which I cast off before you, for they committed all these things and therefore I abhor them. The inhabitants of Cana was involved in gross, destructive behavior and perverted idol worship. They were offering their babies to idol gods. They were killing their babies to idol gods. Amen. They were having destructive, you study their history, you will find that they had destructive sexual a perversion. They, they had rampant injustice. Amen. They were mutilating their bodies in worship to their pater, pagan gods. They were corrupt completely and totally. And violence and abuse was being poured out upon the most vulnerable. I ask you today, does that sound like our nation today? Does that sound like our world today? And the Lord said, I will drive them out. The battle was not Israel and Canaan. The battle was God and God saying you have reached the limit therefore you have reached my judgment. Israel comes in as a judge to judge the land. Yes they had a promise yes they had a promise and a blessing but the Lord said you're going to do something that is twofold. You're going to shout in your blessing but I'm going to use you to help drive out idolatry. I'm going to use you to help drive out perverted practices. I'm going to use you to help stop pagan worship. Israel came to defeat giants. Not just simply to defeat giants but to show that there's a one true living God that knew what to do. Amen. You read and you remember how that in Numbers chapter 13 Moses sets out and he sends 12 spies into the promised land they're about to go they're about ready to go into the promised land and so they go and they send out the spies you remember the story let me just summarize it for you there was there was there was they went and they saw a land full of of great fruit to, uh, grapes that were so big, the clusters that were so big, they had to have two people carry them on a stake or on a, on, a, on a limb or something because they were so heavy. It was a land flowing with milk and honey. It was a land flowing with all kinds of blessings and prosperity and great and wonderful land. Amen. But there was 10 that said, but there's giants there in the land. We saw Anak there. We saw the giants in the land and they're big. And they're bad. And their towns are wicked. And they are perverse and pagan. And we are not able to go up and take them. But there was two that was called Joshua and Caleb that gave another report and said, I don't know what you were looking at. I don't know what you saw, but I saw giants, but that wasn't all I saw. I looked past the giant, and I saw a land of promise. I saw a land of blessing. I saw a land of victory. I saw my... I see my family... Working the field and growing cops. And I see my kids playing in the grass. And I see me occupying, amen, homes that I didn't build. And I, I believe I'm going to gather fruit that I didn't even plant. Amen. You wanna te- I want to tell you today, we are living in an hour that we're fighting against giants. But here's the dilemma if you're going to overcome giants in your mind and in your life, if you're going to overcome idols and you're going to destroy idols, you're going to destroy pagan mentality, you've got to look past the giant and see the promise. You've got to look past. Your focus cannot be on the mess that is in the media. Your focus cannot be on the mess that is in our world. The focus has got to be More on the promise than it is the problem. Because had they only had a problem, they never would have fought and won against the giant. The ten showed that. We're not able. We can't do it. There's just too many of them. They're just too big. They're too powerful. They're too strong. They've got lobbyists. They've got activists. They, They they march in parades. They have Hollywood. Y'all with me? They, they, they've got the, the, the news media. They've got the politicians. They sure enough has the majority of, of academia. They, they, they've got the, the, their schools, universities are now worship temples to pagan gods. They got that. And I would tell you, if that's all you focus on, if all you focus on is that, that this coming month, in the month of June, is going to be Gay Pride Month and celebrate with all kinds of perversion of the rainbow, if that's all you look at, then you're going to miss the promise. you got to look past the giant and simply see the giant as an obstacle getting you to your promise. If all you see is the giant, you'll fight and you'll feel defeated. But if you see, get out of my way, I've got a land. I want to be like Caleb that said, give me this mountain. Give me this land. I'll fight you giant to get to my promise. The perception is the land is great, but the people are strong. The perception is cities are walled and we cannot get in. The cities are too big and they're too much. Amen. Anak is there. The giants are there. Amen. I want to tell you today there can be no eating of the big grapes. There can be no eating of the big pomegranates. No figs if the giants are not kicked out. If they remain in the land, they'll run the land. So we fight with our eyes on the promise and not on the problem. Because I would tell you, if you keep your eyes focused just on the problem, it's okay to know the giant is there. Caleb and Joshua did not deny that the giants were there. They just simply said, that's not our focus. It's disheartening today. To realize that a major box store like Target is now selling clothing for girls who consider themselves to be boys and they're wearing clothing that binds them up. To break that so much that it'll break their ribs. Bind them up. Did you not hear me say that part of the idol worship was self-mutilation? Do you realize that a professional so-called counselor told a girl in our nation, said... She identifies as a handicapped blind person and approved her taking some kind of acid or something and blinding herself at the approval of the psychologist. We are facing some giants, we are facing some spirits. That are perverted. Amen. But our focus cannot be just on that fight. You will lose your mind if that's where your focus is on. Amen. If your focus is just on the giant, it will get overwhelming. But I charge you today. I challenge you today is to look past that and say, I don't fight this just to beat this. I fight this to get to my promise. I fight this because as a heaven to win, and a hell to shun. I fight this because I want my family, amen, to be whole and complete. I fight this because I want my grandkids to be raised up praising and shouting the kingdom. I fight this because I want the victory, not just over giants. Come on and praise him in this house. A few days ago, I was reading some of this junk, seeing some of this junk that's going on in our world today. My heart grieves. Then I see people posting about it. My heart grieves over the shooting in Texas. Grieves. Not just for the kids, but for all the situations surrounding it. My heart grieves. But I also grieve that this coming month, we're going to see Sodom and Gomorrah paraded like never before this coming month. And I, I, I thought, you know, what are we supposed to do? I want to tell you if you want to parade and you want to protest, God bless you. That's not your Christian duty, it may be your civic duty if you want to do that. God didn't call his church to protest unless we're on our knees. I'm tired of hearing social media say the church is silent. Baloney. The church is not silent. The church is not silent. Just because we're not blabbing junk all over social media doesn't mean that we had not gone and found a closet somewhere and say, giant, you and me are going to tussle right now because you're taking from me what but that great belongs to me. That peace belongs to me. That joy belongs to me. You're not going to take my peace. You're not going to take my my sense of victory in my life. You're not going to get make me. It is. It's a trick of the devil. All this anxiety is a trick of the devil to get us so focused on the giant that we forget that on the other side, when the battle is over, I'm going to wear a crown. When the battle is over, I, I, I want you to know we're not fighting we're not filing Babylon's alphabet soup. We're not fi- the we're not fighting a, a group. We're not fighting people, but the spirits that were behind the pagan practice that Israel faced is the same spirit behind the pagan practices that you and I face. The decision is, will we accept it and let it walk into our house or will we stand? You know what? I'm watching this and that's just that's not right. Click. Move on. Amen. I'm reading this and that just doesn't witness to my spirit. I'm listening to this music and oh, that's antichrist. Move on. Amen. That's how you fight. I'm going to tell you how you fight. You fight by looking like a man every day if you're a man. I'm going to tell you how you fight. You look like a woman and act like a woman if that's what you are every day. I'll tell you how you fight. You tell the truth. You live honestly and godly in this present world. How do you fight? You fight by raising your hands and being in the house of God and worshiping the Lord and reading your Bible. Amen. I must say this though. I have no business going after a big giant. That's in this world that today if I've got a problem, behind closed doors with my own giant. Don't you dare go out and fight a devil, a perversion. If you've got a problem with pornography, the devil will laugh in your face. Amen. If you can't run with the footmen, how are you going to run with the horses? I believe you and I got to conquer some things, some giants in our own life before we go to the next level of fighting giants in our world. Amen. I believe that that is so true. you overcome giants in your own mind, in your own life. Then you can face the Goliaths. You can face the Anax. You can face all these things that come against you. But don't let that be your focus. Let the victory over that be your focus. Let the triumph be the focus. One day I'm going to shout and praise God over this giant. It's what's standing in our way. Something between you and your promise. Last Tuesday night in case you didn't you weren't here. We preached a very very unique message called the way of a fool. And in there, one of the verses was, it'd be better for you to, to, to deal with a mother bear that's separated from her cubs than it was to fool with a fool. Don't take on fights that don't get you to your promise. Don't take on giants that's over in Egypt somewhere. Don't get you to your promise. It's the ones that God has given you authority over towards your promise. Take authority over it in Jesus' name. We open by reading this scripture. Luke 10 and 19. Behold, I've given you power to tread on serpents. Everybody say giants. giants. Scorpions. Giants. And over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Not withstanding. Hold on a minute. What is he saying? I want to realign your focus. I give you that power, Jesus said. I give you the power to overcome. I give you the power to be victorious. I give you the power. Amen. I, I don't know so much. I, I just don't agree with a lot of this. Uh, going to go in and have principalities over a town and over a state and all this kind of stuff. It's almost been over 2,000 years since Acts, and I've not seen it happen before. But God gives you authority in your own life, in the own devils that you face. Okay? But he said, notwithstanding, in this rejoice not. Don't brag, because you're beating giants. That's your nature. You're a winner. Rejoice not that the spirits are subject to you, but rather... Rejoice in what? Because your names are written in heaven. Anything that stands between you and heaven, you've got the power to whip. You've got the power to overcome. Anything that stands between you and your promise of walking on a street of gold, you've got the power to overcome. But I don't rejoice in that, that, that giant that I fight. I rejoice because heaven is my home. I rejoice that glory is my promise. I rejoice that I'm going to not just live here, but I'm going to live there. Amen. Stand with me please. As I was considering this a few days ago, I was just was saying, Lord, what, what do we do? This month is so messed up we're going to be facing all kinds of things. And I don't want to stand before the Lord and the Lord say, uh, June 2022, what'd you do? What did you do? And, 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 and probably June is one of the busiest months in our life. might be very busy in your life as well. So here's what I like to do. It's starting every, in every Tuesday night in the month of June. Every Tuesday night. We'll come together for service. There'll be a short Bible study on spiritual warfare. And then we're going to go to prayer. And we're going to work on fighting giants but not focusing on them. You hear me? We're going to fight giants but not focus on them. Amen. We're going to talk about some things that I think are very important when it comes to overcoming this present hour that we're living in. But I want to tell you, this is the same old, Devil dressed in a new suit. Not a new devil. It's the same devil that the Israelites faced back in that day. And if you don't think it, let me just make it clear. Abortion is idol worship to the God of self. Abortion is the worship to the God of self. They're taking babies and destroy them. And, 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 and Okay, let's get, get into this. I know, well, what about those that the, you realize that, that, that rape and abortion is not even hardly just about 1%? The rest of our are convenience. It's convenient to kill a baby. It's convenient to kill a baby. I want to tell you today, that ought to make your blood boil. Not because of the person. God help the person. I feel sorry for them and their life and their choices. But it's the idol behind it that pushes self-will. It pushes glorification just as much as Moloch pushed it in the day of the children of Israel going into Canaan. So, how do we face it? We fight these giants. We fight the principalities, but our eyes are not on that. My eye is on this over here. I'm fighting through this so I can get to that. Hallelujah. This is just a stepping stone for me to get to my promise. Amen. This is just a a problem that I'm going to deal with, but I'm going to deal with it so I can get to God's blessing and God's provision. Anybody with me today? Anybody ready to just fight the devil to get to your promise? Hallelujah! Some of you are fighting children and grandchildren. Some of you are fighting them. Stop. Fight the giant that's using that situation so that you can see the promise come to pass. I'm not fighting my children. I am fighting for their promise! Hallelujah! today, I want to encourage you to come step out on this, this fifth Sunday of the month of May. Amen. As we prepare in just a couple Tuesday nights, we're going to come together. Amen. And every Tuesday night, we're going to focus in on prayer. Hallelujah. This is how we speak. We're not silent. We're talking to the Lord in prayer. Hallelujah. We're not silent. We're talking to the Lord in prayer today in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord, set this little town, oh God, on fire and then let us, oh God, influence the world. Let us influence the world when it comes to your power and your might. In the mighty name of Jesus, we take up, Lord, our weapons that you've given to us. Power over the enemy, not just to defeat him, but to get to our promise. Hallelujah. I want to ask you today, what is standing between you and your promise? What is standing between you and your victory? The glory forever, amen. Yours is the Thank you for listening to the MPC Podcast. We trust that today's message has inspired you, encouraged you, and strengthened you in the Lord we would like to invite you to join us again by simply subscribing to our podcast and we encourage you to write a review if it has been a blessing to you. Again, you can find us at medorachurch.com to learn more about our ministry.